I, I do not view abortion as a uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy, and I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions, and they ought to be able to have a common ground and consensus as to do that. Hi, people. We are live on YouTube, Rumble, and Blaze TV. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. I hope you had a great weekend. It's June 27th. My birthday was yesterday. I ate a lot. I swam in the pool, got a little sun, walked the dog, enjoyed myself. I hope you did too, because the world is nutty. The news is crazy, and everyone seems to be losing their minds. And that's what we're going to be covering today. Obviously, the big thing on Friday. Uh, was that at about 10.30 a.m. Eastern, about a half hour before we went live on this show, uh, Roe was overturned. And of course, the reaction was obvious and ugly and sort of seeping all over the country right now. So we're going to review a little bit about technically what happened with the reversal of Roe, what that actually means at a legal level. Uh, Of course, we're also going to cover some of the crazy things that the Democrats are now saying about abortion and about government and democracy and self-rule and personal autonomy and all of that stuff. Uh, And then we're going to, of course, cover the media reaction to it. And then we have, I think, a very special cold close for you today. So I hope you'll watch the whole show because the cold close is really going to lead us into what I think we'll be talking about for the rest of the week related to abortion and everything else. Uh, Real quick, guys, reminder, if you are in the South Florida area, I will be at the Miami Improv on July 14th. Look at that color scheme right there and look at those cool sunglasses. July 14th, Miami Improv, 8 p.m., DaveRubin.com slash events if you would like to join me. And before we get to all the craziness, let me talk to you guys about Alto IRA real quick. You know, cryptocurrency may represent the future of money. It's one of the most exciting investment opportunities to come for some time, and it's down right now. So it makes you wonder if this is a good time to get in. With an Alto Crypto IRA, you can trade crypto like Bitcoin and avoid or defer the taxes. There are multiple ways to fund your account. You can make a cash contribution. You can transfer cash from an existing IRA or roll over an old 401k. You can trade all you want without the tax headache, and you can create an account in just a couple minutes. Ready to take your investments to the next level, diversify like the pros, and trade without tax headaches. Open an Alto Crypto IRA with as little as 10 bucks. Just go to altoira.com slash Ruben. That's A-L-T-O-I-R-A.com slash Ruben. Start investing in cryptocurrency today. Go to altoira.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. Okay, so let's just do the nuts and bolts of the reversal of Roe v. Wade. We've got some info here from the Daily Wire. The U.S. Supreme Court has overturned the monumental Roe v. Wade case that legalized abortion across the America. The 6-3 decision in Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization on Friday followed the early May leak of a draft opinion indicating which way the justices would rule. Justice Samuel Alito wrote that Roe and a subsequent case, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, which upheld Roe, both must be overturned and the right to allow, deny, or restrict the right to an abortion must reside with the states. 
Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak and the decision has had damaging consequences. And far from bringing about a national settlement on the abortion issue, Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division, Alito wrote in his majority opinion, which was strikingly similar to the earlier leaked draft. It is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. Okay, so that is the basics. What is happening, just to be crystal clear, and I know you know this because you watch this show and you pay attention to the proper sources, but a lot of people don't. This really is about states' rights more than abortion specifically. We're obviously gonna talk a lot about abortion, but this is the Supreme Court saying there is no constitutionally guaranteed right, meaning there is nothing in the Constitution of the United States of America that says you have a federal right to an abortion. So all they did is reverse that and say now that goes up, goes back to the states, right? It's going back to the states because that's where it resided, the right to an abortion resided within the states until 1973 when Roe v. Wade went to the Supreme Court and then, then it became a federal law. So the justices, what did the justices do? Whether you like the decision or not, regardless of whether you're pro-choice or pro-life, what did the justices do? They looked at the law. They said, wait a minute, is there a constitutional right to an abortion? Is it in the constitution? And it's not. What are things that are in the constitution? Well, you guys know about the Bill of Rights. That was an addendum to the constitution, but we have equality in the constitution. We have our basic rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? These are things that are in the constitution. Uh, but abortion is not. That's just simply the truth. And we'll dive into the specifics about abortion in just a second. But here is Joe Biden in his immediate response on Friday. And surprise, surprise, he's lying. It's not hyperbole to suggest a very solemn moment. Today, the Supreme Court of the United States expressly took away a constitutional right from the American people that it had already recognized. They didn't limit it. They simply took it away. That's never been done to a right so important to so many Americans. But they did it. It's a sad day for the court and for the country. Fifty years ago, Roe v. Wade was decided and has been the law of the land since then. This landmark case protected woman's right to choose, her right to make intensely personal decisions with her doctor, free from the, from the interference of politics. It reaffirmed basic principles of equality, that women have the power to control their own. All right, first off, the level of irony to listen to this man talk about personal choice and personal medical decisions after he was firing doctors and nurses, after he was mandating vaccines, the insane authoritarian overreach that he and the Democrats, and, and plenty of Republicans too, uh, were going after for the last couple of years that they're suddenly so concerned with what you, a woman, I'm not a biologist, can do with your body is the height of hypocrisy, right? Height of hypocrisy. He also slurred a couple words there, but that's, that's just usual. Uh, now what's interesting there is his direct quote, quote, the decision took away a constitutional right, but that's not true. Abortion is not in the Constitution. So he is lying about that. He can say, hey, I liked the decision. He always says he's a Catholic too, so there's a little something there that doesn't quite add up. 
But he could say that, hey, I as a Democrat, as the president of the United States, I believe that abortion should be fine or good or legal or whatever. But to tell us that it is a constitutional right is an abject lie. But don't take my words for it. Here's SCOTUS, the Supreme Court of the United States themselves, held the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. Roe and Casey are overruled and the authority to regulate abortion is returned to the people and their elected representatives. Now, what's interesting about that is that's the way the system was set up. The system was set up so that there would be maximum choice. You know, they're making it sound like, if you listen to the media and the crazy Democrats who we're gonna get to in just a moment, they're making it sound like suddenly there's less choice involved, that there's less choice. But actually by decentralizing the abortion issue, we are allowing for more choice. Some states will have it, some states will not. There'll be some states in between. You'll be able to go from one state to another. If you don't like what's happening in your state, you can move if you wanna move the other way, you can do that too. Like choice and the messiness of the human experience and democracy and living in a pluralistic society with people of all sorts of philosophical and religious views of the world, that's, it's all kind of working right now. And again, that's separate from what you think about abortion, okay? Uh, but now let's back up because there was a uh, documentary that the Daily Wire put out uh, from 1991 is when this all happened. The documentary just came out in the last couple of months. Uh, but the documentary is all about Clarence Thomas. Uh, and he was sworn in as a Supreme Court justice and went, underwent the hearings back in 1991. And Joe Biden was one of his biggest critics at the time. And we found this little snippet of some of their exchanges that I thought was pretty interesting. Good morning, Judge. Welcome to the blinding lights. Finding out what you mean when you say that you would apply the natural law philosophy to the Constitution is, in my view, the single most important task of this committee. Senator Biden was very focused on natural law. How did that go? Who knows? I, I have no idea what he was talking about. I just want to make sure we all know what we're talking about here, that you and I know at least what we're talking about here. I have to be perfectly honest with you. I, you sit there and you have no idea what they are talking about. All I know is that he was asking me these questions about natural law. But you know and I know it is a big, big deal. And in conclusion... One of the things you do in hearings is you have to sit there and look attentively at people you know have no idea what they're talking about. And it was fine. I understood what he was trying to do. I didn't really appreciate it. Natural law was nothing more than a way of tricking me into talking about abortion. Since many Catholic moral philosophers saw the two things as intimately related. Okay, so there's much more to that and you can watch the documentary over at the Daily Wire. I thought it was interesting because even back then, Biden was just this sort of pontificating buffoon. That's what Clarence Thomas is saying. He's going on and on about natural law and you know and I know and all this stuff. And it's like, he's not really thought of, was, well, certainly now, but even back then was not really thought of as a bright person. But speaking of bright people, there have been some critics suddenly of Clarence Thomas who have come out of the woodwork. And uh, you're not gonna believe this, but they are not the most enlightened set. Here's Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. If you read Clarence Thomas' concurrence, he said they 
Now, first off, as you know, Lori Lightfoot is a lesbian. She has no chance of having an abortion, and even if she was not a lesbian, there is no male on this earth who would like to bang her, okay? I did a little polling before the show, couldn't find anyone. Um, but that's the level of discourse that these people are now throwing at Clarence Thomas and at the other conservative judges. Now, again, Put aside what you think about abortion for just a second. If you just have the basic understanding of law, if you have the basic understanding of any of our founding documents, and the thing is, they, it's not that they don't have a found, uh, an understanding of it, they don't like our founding documents, but they all know, Lori Lightfoot knows, that there, and Joe Biden knows, that there is no reference to abortion in the Constitution. So when they say it's a constitutionally guaranteed right, they know that they're lying, but they don't like the very fundamental uh, underpinnings of this country, and that's really what this is about. But now the attacks on uh, Clarence Thomas are really ramping up. So of course, which wizard made all the rounds on the Sunday shows? Of course, of course, it was AOC. And yeah, she wants him impeached. That they can now lie to duly elected members of the United States Senate in order to secure Supreme Court uh, nomin uh, confirmations and, and, and seats on the Supreme Court. This lying, is what we're saying. Do you think lying at a confirmation a, in, hearing is an impeachable offense? I believe so. Okay. I believe so. I believe lying under oath is an impeachable offense. Um, I believe that violating federal law in not disclosing income from political organizations, as Clarence Thomas uh, mm -hmm. did years ago, is also potentially an impeachable offense. Okay, let's be clear about something. If lying under oath is an impeachable offense, then AOC should be impeached right now. And so should Lori Lightfoot and probably Joe Biden and pretty much every Democrat who is demanding that we pack the court and burn down all of our institutions. Their oath of office is to defend the Constitution of the United States of America. That is in the very oath of office. It's right there up top, right? What are you doing here as a Congresswoman, as a Senator? You are defending this document, the founding document that defends all of our rights. That's what you're defending. Do you think that's what AOC is doing or would she gladly burn down the Constitution of the United States? Would she gladly pack a court so that one branch of government could have enough power to destroy another branch of government? She, of course, would do that. So you want to start the impeachment game, AOC? Uh, we should probably start with you. That's probably where we should start. Uh, we've got more from AOC. This decision and this policy will kill people no matter what their, what the, their spin and what uh, their talking points are. And that's what the data shows and that's what the statistics show. We have many ideas. We have um, some ideas coming from Senator Warren, signed a letter along with 25 other uh, Democratic senators asking President Biden to explore uh, opening health care clinics on federal lands in red states uh, in order to help people access the health care and abortion services that they need. I know that she's not the uh, brightest bulb, but uh, if she thinks that this decision is going to get people killed, does she know what abortion is? Does she know what abortion is? Say a seven, a seven month abortion that she'd be for. Does she consider that killing someone? She actually doesn't. She doesn't because the left has become psychotically rabid 
and and almost a death cult at this point, you know? It really has, because if you're basically okay with seven month abortions and eight month abortions and post birth abortions, uh, then you're kind of a death cult. Uh, and this whole thing again about packing the court, packing the court so that one branch, right? We have this checks and balances thing, right? You guys took civics, some of you know about this, AOC does not. Um, doing that would be again, a violation of her oath of office, uh, but it's not just her. Uh, her whole squad, Ayanna Presley, you know Ayanna Presley, she's another wizard. Uh, she wants to pack the court. And finally, uh, given the extremism, the far-right extremism and the imbalance uh, and the compromised integrity of the Supreme Court, we need to expand the courts to restore balance and integrity. Restore balance, like she's Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, real piece of work, these people. Um, far-right, it's the far-right that did this. The far-right that has these justices that are far smarter than that woman or AOC, uh, who take their duty very seriously. Uh, sometimes they make decisions that people on the right like, sometimes they make decisions that people on the left like. But if you don't get what you want, we must drastically alter the entire system. And that is the danger of these people. They hate the system. That really is what this is about. People think this is about abortion. And again, we can have that abortion debate. And I will gladly share all my feelings about abortion. And again, stay tuned for the cold close so you'll get some of it. Um, but that's not really what this is about. This is about will the institutions of democracy stand up as one side tries to burn them down completely. So let's get some more responses. Let's get some more calm and measured responses from some of the people on the left. Uh, here's more from the Daily Wire. Actor Samuel L. Jackson on Friday launched a racial attack against Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas after the court overruled abortion decisions in Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey, effectively kicking abortion restrictions back to the states. How's Uncle Clarence feeling about overturning Loving v. Virginia? Jackson posted to Twitter. Uncle Clarence seems to be a reference to Uncle Tom, a racial term often used to slander black Americans who buck the mainstream narrative. Merriam-Webster defines Uncle Tom as a black person who is overeager to win the approval of whites. In the same tweet, Jackson took another racial shot at Thomas, apparently for marrying a white woman, Ginny Thomas. Uh, Loving vs. Virginia, decided in 1967, struck down state laws banning interracial marriages. So look, I don't really care about Samuel L. Jackson. I don't. Um, and I don't really care about any, what any Hollywood actor thinks of anything. But of course, these are the types of things that they catch fire on Twitter and people, oh yes, he's an Uncle Tom and he's a sellout and clearly they're coming for interracial marriage next and gay marriage next and all of these things. We have the constant, this is the irony, this is the piece that these dingbats are not fully understanding. We have equal protection under the law. We have equality. There is a, an actual constitutionally guaranteed right to marry who you want. Now we can have the ins and outs of all of those other cases in Obergfell and all that, and I'll discuss that further over the next couple of weeks as, as we keep talking about all of these things. Uh, but yes, he's gonna, he's gonna reverse interracial marriage. The, the fear-mongering with these people is absolutely insane. And again, what did the decision do? It pushed more choice on people. It did not take away choice. It said, hey, go live in a place that is more in line with your values. And by the way, as we're gonna to get to in just a second, there are gonna be plenty of Democrats who will gladly fund the baby murder uh, in their states. They will gladly do it. Uh, here is the views Ana Navarro. 
and Ana Navarro was on CNN. Somehow the woman is on The View and on CNN. I mean, what deal with the devil she made, I have no idea. Uh, but uh, she basically wants to uh, kill a couple of her uh, autistic family members. Protect, uh, the, the mother okay. before, during, and after yep. the child. And I am not anybody to tell you what you need to do with your life or with your uterus. And because I have a family with a lot of special needs kids. I have a brother who's 57 and has the mental and motor skills of a one-year-old. And I know what that means financially, emotionally, physically for a family. And I know not all families can do it. And I have a step-granddaughter who was born with Down syndrome. And you know what? It is very difficult in Florida to get services. It is not as easy as it sounds on paper. And I've got another, another step-grandson who is uh, very autistic, who has autism, and it is incredible. And, I've, and their mothers and, and people who are in that society, who are in that community, will tell you that they've considered suicide because that's how difficult it is to get help, because that's how lonely they feel, because they can't get other jobs, because they have financial issues, because the care that they're able to give their other children suffers. And so why can I be Catholic and still think this is a wrong decision? Because I'm American. I'm Catholic inside the church. I'm Catholic when it comes to me. But there's a lot of Americans who are not Catholic and are not Christian and are not Baptist. And you have no damn right to tell them what they should do with their bodies. Nobody does. There's so much there. It's like, blah. okay, so first off, again, the irony of these people, this is the same psycho lunatic who would sit at that table with those harpies of the view for the last two years, demanding that you get injected some, with something, an experimental vaccine, or you get fired. So her argument about my body, my, that's all just complete nonsense and bullshit. Secondly, um, we can have an honest discussion about what sort of uh, benefits there should be at the state level or federal level or whatever for children with special needs, and whether that should be done through private charities or some level uh, through the government, and again, whether that's federal or state or whatever that might be. But in essence, what she's saying there is, oh, I've got these kids in my family and we should have aborted them. And I'm pretty sure she's not getting invited to Christmas, as Michael just pointed out while we were watching that. Because um, I have no doubt that the mothers of those children, the fathers of those children, whether they're autistic or whatever else they have, or, or for the, well, not many people watch CNN, but for anyone who has an autistic child or a child with, with other uh, developmental disabilities or whatever it might be, as, as hard as that is, and everyone's entitled to making their own choices in life and figuring out how to do things, and again, whether it's public funding on these things or private funding on these things or whatever, it's like basically she just said we should have aborted them. That, that is in essence what she just said. They'd be better off dead than alive. So that's Anna Navarro's take on that. Uh, and it gets worse, it gets worse. These people are completely out of control. Here's Democrat Representative Jackie Speer uh, with a bit of a call for insurrection. There is a war out there and we need to recognize that we've got to armor up. That's right, this is not a drill. There's a war, armor up. Remember Lori Lightfoot a couple weeks ago, call to arms. I mean, they can do all of the things that they purported uh, Donald Trump to do. Uh, but do not worry, as the war comes, as this handmaid's tale unfolds right in front of us, New York Attorney General Letitia James, she gonna fund the abortion. So you can go to New York, kill a baby, and then uh, go over to Coney Island and get on the uh, roller coaster. We've established a fund in the state of New York to pay for individuals traveling to New York to seek abortions, for lodging, for daycare. This is a state that respects the right of women to choose. Guess what? 
I'm actually okay with this. I, I actually am okay with this. I believe in states' rights. So if New York wants to become a haven for abortions, if California wants to become a haven for abortions, if people in New York want their tax dollars to go so that low-income uh, black girls in Alabama can travel there to have their babies aborted, uh, and then, you know, maybe you get like, I don't know, you get like a coupon for ice cream or something while you're there. If that's what New York uh, residents want their tax dollars to go to, that is democracy. And it's messy. That's how it works. So, okay, you have to decide if you live in New York and you are governed by these people, if, if that's something you're okay with your dollars paying for, but that is federalism. So federalism, you know, sometimes they're going to do things in states that maybe you're not uh, that thrilled with. As I've said a couple times, I suspect after New York and California become these abortion havens and they keep bussing in truckloads of usually low-income black and brown girls to have abortions, I'm guessing the optics of it after about six months are going to look pretty bad when the numbers start coming in and people realize, boy, they've aborted something like 10x the amount of black babies as, uh, as white babies, then, then they're gonna have a real problem on their hands. Uh, Joy Reid tweeted this, uh, companies covering some or all travel costs for abortion. So these are giant corporations, and we know that these corporations in essence have all gone woke. There's one interesting one there we'll get to in a second. But these woke corporations who are saying, hey, it doesn't matter where you work, meaning you know our headquarters are in this state, but if you're in a state that uh, is gonna outlaw abortion or limit abortion to some level will fund your abortions. Very exciting. Corporations will put you on a bus or a plane. And if you work at Amazon or Bumble or Starbucks or Zillow or Lyft or Netflix or Match or DoorDash, they will get you that abortion. Very exciting. Uh, of course, the interesting one there is that Tesla is on there and uh, Elon Musk, we've been talking a lot about him over the last couple months. Um, I don't know, see, this is the interesting thing about Elon Musk. He was sort of becoming this like conservative libertarian hero to some degree, and I think he's fighting all the right battles, absolutely, and he's, he's been a huge asset in the fight for free speech and to free us from the tech oligarchs and all of that stuff. But this is the interesting thing about him. He's not a, he's not a pure conservative, uh, right? This is a guy who just said that he would vote for DeSantis, uh, but obviously has some leanings uh, that are still left. So in, in a way, although I don't love the idea of Tesla funding abortions, like corporations funding abortions, um, it shows you there's a little diversity in his thought, which is pretty good, right? Uh, here's Canadian dictator Justin Trudeau trying to scare the hell out of everybody. Today's a difficult day. The judgment coming out of the United States is an attack on women's freedom, and quite frankly, it's an attack on everyone's freedoms and rights. Let me be really, really clear. In Canada, we will always defend women's rights to choose and continue to work to expand uh, access to the full range of reproductive and health and services uh, across the country. All right, so he's a deeply inauthentic snake person. Um, interestingly, Canada allows for abortion for any reason up until the moment of birth. Is that correct? So eight months in, eight months in, that's what Canada does. And Canada, I guess, are the good guys in this case. A lot of dead late-term babies. Uh, and that makes you a good guy somehow, right? Uh, and this is an attack on women's freedom. Suddenly, all these people know what women are, which is also rather extraordinary. Uh, now, interestingly, a couple years ago, about 10 years ago, Justin Trudeau wasn't that into abortion. Now I'm getting guff from the other side because I said I don't like abortion. 
does anyone who's pro-choice as I am really like abortion? Now that was when Justin Trudeau was actually sort of sane when, because he wasn't always a complete far left maniac. But what happens is you give these guys an inch and they take a mile. This is what has so consistently happened with almost everyone on the left, virtually every lefty. They've got no emergency brake. The car is going towards the cliff. They know it's going towards the cliff and there's just no emergency brake. Instead, they just put their pe the pedal to the metal. That's consistently why they end up in these crazy positions where 10 years ago he was saying, I don't like abortion. And now it's horrific that in the United States, they will let states choose about abortion. It's rather extraordinary related to my own political evolution. I guess, I guess somewhere along the way, I decided that having an emergency break was important. And I think that's why I've evolved out of this uh, complete leftist lunacy. I mean, that, that really is where we're at. But okay, so how did we get here? And let's talk a little bit about how they can't stop themselves. Uh, Bill Maher, who I often describe as a slow motion conservative, and his moment of truth will come uh, this coming November when we'll get to see uh, if he's going to be still supporting Democrats, and I suspect that he will, unfortunately. Uh, he does get it on a lot of things. He just gets it in slow motion. Here he is getting it about Democrats. And then there's abortion. A difficult issue for the Democrats to lose on, but they're trying. <laughs> for decades, liberals have said if only men could get pregnant, this wouldn't even be an issue. And abortion rights are women's rights. Well, that's wrong now. Or as the kids say, hold up. <laughs> when the wokey end of the progressive spectrum talks about abortion now, they shy away from that word women and prefer terms like birthing people or people who menstruate. Oh, Democrats, let's take the first word a human animal understands, mama, <laughs> and replace it with something best understood by four Trotskyites at Berkeley. Bill, once again, you're right. You're right, but you're right in slow motion. The left has gone completely bananas. So when you talk about the wokey end, as if that has not completely infected the entire host, that is where your mistake is. Show me a Democrat who is against seven-month abortions. Show me a Democrat who is against critical race theory. Show me a Democrat who's against wokeism. I don't mean a couple pundits like you. I mean people who are in power to actually do anything about this. That is the problem. You refused yourself, Bill Maher, to pull that lever, that emergency lever, and get off the crazy train and yes, ally with some people that you think are religious and crazy who are defending the world that you purport you want to live in. I saw this spectacular Twitter thread. I had never heard of this Twitter account before, uh, but I thought it so summed up exactly what's going on here and so much of what I've been talking about for years. And I, I was elated because it's like, yeah, normies, regular people are starting to get what's going on here. You know, it's not just you fringe crazy people watching the Rubin Report. So this is a Twitter account known as Lone Rides. And let me just read this thread for you. I think it just really gets to the heart of it. You don't like the decisions yesterday and today. You're really not going to like the next part. I mean, it's your fault, but you're not going to like it. See, we were cool with the status quo. Yeah, we wanted abortion to go back to the States. Yeah, we wanted gun rights expanded. Yeah, we wanted our kids safe from LGBTQ indoctrination but it wasn't enough to fight about. We thought you were like us, that we could argue and make small gains and lose some ground, but everything's staying fairly level and level-headed. 
But boy, were we wrong. Because while we were copacetic and just going along to get along, you were pushing. You pushed abortion from legal, safe, and rare in these specific instances. You pushed now to the point of post-birth abortion on demand for any reason. You pushed gun control from background checks and gun-free zones to now red flag laws which deny due process. You push the rights of gay marriage to now the right of LGBTQ teachers telling kindergartners about their sex life. And during all of this, you push disagreeing politically to calling us Nazis and justifying violence against us, justifying harming our families and our jobs. So now we push back. We pushed back with Trump, we pushed back with state legislators, we pushed back with school boards, and we haven't even begun to push back kiddo. We're going to push abortion back to the rare side in many states. We may give you a time frame like 12 to 15 weeks about what your beloved other industrialized nations give. We may not. We're gonna push back on the LGBTQ ad agenda. We're gonna make your lives miserable when you try to get our kids to question their gender. We're going to remove the power you think you have and put it in the hands of parents. You had a chance to call a truce. You had a chance to be in control and happy. You had a chance to just leave us alone. You didn't. You pushed and prodded and provoked, and you're threatening to commit violence now. Good luck with that. There's a saying about the danger of making people who want to be left alone get involved. You've made us get involved. So all of it from here on out is squarely on you. Enjoy the whirlwind you have so deservedly reaped. Credit to this anonymous person who put that thread together. Isn't that just it? I, I just know exactly what you're feeling right now, that that is it. The right has been willing, conservatives have been willing to live and let live. I can tell you this, my life is a living, breathing example of this. I just finished a two month book tour where my audience is almost all conservative at this point. You know, it's some mix of conservative, libertarian, ex-lib, something like that but largely conservative. Most of the people who watch this show think of themselves as conservative. I am married to a man, I am about to have kids, um, and, and you guys support me. Some of you may have your own religious beliefs about my life, but you were willing. Conservatives were willing when it came to marriage equality. Okay, Trump moved the dial on that, we moved on, but then they couldn't stop. So then it was about talking to your kids about gender theory privately at public schools. This idea of it never stopping. We just want more abortion, safe and rare, right? Early stages to cheering eight month abortions. They cannot stop themselves. And now they have pinned, it's not even conservatives. That's the thing. They have pinned decent, thoughtful, evolved people who just want to be left alone to suddenly have to use state power to push back against their, their insanity. So this is squarely on you progressives. This is squarely on you wokesters. It's squarely on you remaining Democrats who do nothing in the face of the insanity that your side has provoked. This is on you, Bill Maher, and you people who keep voting for the people that bring all this in even as you go, but I'm not exactly like them. And now you have created, I think, uh, what is going to be the widest tent in America. And it will always be my job in that tent to be a little more on the libertarian side of it, a little more on the liberal side of it. I am, I am certainly not a traditional, say, religious conservative. 
and then that's where we'll be able to play. But those people are pissed right now and they're rightfully pissed because they said, okay, have gay marriage. And you guys said, no, we wanna to talk to your six-year-old uh, about gender identity and you can't blame them for being pissed. But the point here is, and this is sort of the, the silver lining on all of this, is that federalism is winning. The United States is winning right now. The founding documents of the United States are standing up for themselves. That we wouldn't have centralized power, the federal government demanding the states do thing, things. It doesn't matter what you think about abortion in this case. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm really trying to drive home to you guys. Yes, this is about abortion at some level, but it's really about where does power sit? And the more local power sits, the more power that you will have over your own life. And we should not forget that the United States is still the shining beacon. It's still the best example of that in the world. And even on CNN this weekend, Jake Tapper interviewed uh, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson. And yeah, he gets it about America. We're here at the G7, a gathering of the world's leading democracies. When I talk to friends in Canada, the UK, Australia, and elsewhere, people express concern about the United States as the United States about the United States in terms of our ability and our institutions to, to thrive and continue after what happened uh, with the election of 2020. They worry that democracy is on life support in the United States. Are you worried at all? Do you look No, I want to say this to the people of the United States. I'm not. I think that, I, I just get back to the, what I've been trying to say to you uh, throughout this interview. I think that uh, reports of the death of democracy in the United States are grossly, grossly exaggerated. Uh, America is a shining city on a hill. And for me, for my, and it will continue to be so, but I don't believe that American democracy is under serious threat. Far from it. I continue to believe that America is the greatest global guarantor of democracy and freedom. Guess what, guys? People outside of America, they still want America to be good. They still want America to lead. They still want us to be that shining beacon, that shining star, that hope, that dream. And we still have a chance to do it. We really still do have a chance to do it. Uh, the cold close that we're gonna throw to in just a moment is actually an excerpt uh, from Don't Burn This Book, my first book about abortion. And I think you'll find it to be quite thoughtful. It's audio, so you'll, you'll hear me reading from the audio book. If, uh, if you haven't read the book or listened to the book, I think you'll, you'll dig it. But the portion, I think, is, is pretty apropos. And really, I think what's going to set us up for the rest of the week, because again, today we didn't really talk about abortion so specifically. This was about what's going on constitutionally, legally, and culturally. But it is worth having that conversation about abortion and how we all come to our conclusions and what that delicate balance between personal choice and the government should be and all of those things. So hang tight for that. Uh, it is me Monday over on the Rubin Report Locals community. I posted this one this morning. We've never had a baby formula shortage until men started getting pregnant. And there is the great, the legendary Burgess Meredith, who was the penguin in the Batman series in the 60s. And uh, he was also the voice of Globulus in the G.I. Joe movie, for those of you paying attention at home. Uh, and of course he was in Grumpy Old Men, that's where that image is from. Uh, locals comments, uh, This or let's start here, it was one from uh, Rel on Rumble. How is it legal to use tax dollars to transport people from out of state to use tax-funded medical facilities? Well, look, there's gonna be all sorts of these things that are now gonna transpire. And I just can't imagine you know, it's hard for me to imagine people that are somewhat sane living in blue states at this point, but like if you are solidly 
pro-life, let's say, the idea that your tax dollars would go so that you could import somebody from another state so that they get abortion in your state is, is kind of crazy, but maybe this will just continue that, that great movement that is happening throughout the country and people will be doing that federalist thing and, and voting in essence with their feet and going to where they wanna be. Uh, California is working on the Abortion Practical Support Fund, which will cover abortion travel expenses. So congratulations, California. You'll be able to go to California, have an abortion, get your five-year-old son's penis chopped off and uh, then go over to Disneyland. Uh, Kathy on Local says, I don't think Lori understands anything about the law at all. Well, that's the point, right? Lori Lightfoot, she doesn't care about the law. I mean, can we get the numbers? Why do we get the Chicago numbers? It's a little off uh, topic for today, but how many people were killed and shot in Chicago this weekend just to see? Because she is the mayor of Chicago and she doesn't care about the law. I mean, people are being killed in her city all the time. She doesn't care about that. Uh, here we go, we're gonna get the, the shot and killed numbers from Chicago. But the point is that these people, they don't like the institutions. Do you think that if AOC had the power to completely take out the uh, judicial branch of government, the Supreme Court, the court system, would she do it? Of course she would. Of course she would. Do you think Lori Lightfoot would gladly burn the constitution if she could? Of course she could. So that's the bigger problem when it comes to all of these things. Everything that happens when they don't get what they want, it's more fuel to what their true goal is, which is the burning down of the system. 25 people were shot in Chicago this weekend, five were killed. That's a pretty light weekend for Lori Lightfoot, hence why she was obviously out at that party where she was telling Clarence Thomas to go F himself. Uh, Amy over on Local says, AOC gives bartenders a bad name, ain't it the truth? AOC would have been a great character in one episode of Cheers, right? Where they bring in like one, this really entitled, bitchy, self-serving, awful girl to be a bartender and she gets, you know, Sam kinda, uh, Sam Malone, uh, is, you know, Ted Danson's crushing on her at the beginning, but by the end he realizes, man, she's just awful. Then he goes and he bangs Kirstie Alley. There you go. Uh, guys, reminder, you can join me in Miami, DaveRubin.com slash events if you want to join me on July 14th, my full episode with Devin Nunes, former congressman from Cali, a sane congressman from Cali who is now running Trump's Truth Social, all about big tech and all that stuff uh, is up across platforms right now. And uh, thank you for watching the show today. Here's the, uh, the cold close, which as I said, this is a clip from Don't Burn This Book, my first book. So I wrote this about four years ago, uh, talking about the abortion issue. And uh, listen to it, and I think that's gonna kind of frame what we'll do going forward this week. Okay, have a great Monday, everybody. Before this process started, I'd always been solidly pro-choice, though in the last two years or so, I've begun to describe myself as begrudgingly pro-choice after learning more about the biology of gestation and the process of abortion and seeing the left fetishize it in a way that I'm not comfortable with. There are countless videos on YouTube of women celebrating their terminations while organizations such as Shout Your Abortion encourages Twitter users to do the same with carefree abandon, of course, using colorful, eye-catching images, and the necessary role of public policy which protects our freedoms in the first place. This is a situation in which personal views of morality and public standards of law butt heads in an intractable opposition. My libertarian side says that the government should have nothing to do with this decision, but my realist side says that the state has a duty to protect the life of the unborn. The question here is when. 
believe the classical liberal approach to abortion comes down to if and when one personally decides it's okay to have an abortion. This is the constant push and pull between the private and the public. My position of 12 weeks puts the focus on the mother up until a point, then says the government must protect the life of the child beginning at that point. When the issue is viewed through this lens, I think we can have a powerful debate as to whether the 12-week marker is fair or whether it should be six weeks or 20 weeks. Classical liberalism doesn't demand that you bow to it. It instructs you to make a decision for yourself. Then, through that process, we can figure out what is best for society at large. This is in contrast to the traditional conservative position, which has been firmly pro-life. It is also at odds with the ever-changing position of progressives, which now sees no end to when a woman can have an abortion. My belief is that the only way to negotiate this complex issue is to make a compromise, even if it will most likely upset people on both sides. In other words, the belief in individual freedom must extend to having confidence in people making the best decisions for themselves, even if we personally believe they are ethically and morally wrong. This is the balance between individual rights and the light touch of government. You may not be thrilled with the outcome, but it takes into account the widest set of opinions and tries to offer as much choice as possible within reason. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.